For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us here today as we get set to continue our conversation as we meet the Titans 2021 NFL Draft Class. Today, we are going to be talking about the Titans third round pick inside linebacker out of the University of Georgia, Monty Rice. But before we get into all of that, I want to ask, do you believe and Believe in Titans is presented by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. D, right now, the NBA playoffs are underway. NHL playoffs, they're in full swing, and of course, Major League Baseball is back, so there's just a ton of things to get in on. I have actually, I had probably one of the easiest bets cash that I've ever placed the other day. I was able to do so at Bet Online. I had Milwaukee minus four for their game Monday night against the Heat. The Heat never showed up, and it yeah. was it was smooth selling the entire way. Yeah. But hey, you can take advantage of all the great lines. By going on to Bet Online, remember Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. D, I know to get us started, I did mention we're going to the state of Georgia to talk about University of Georgia linebacker Monty Rice. But before we do that, the people have been asking; they want our thoughts. So, real quickly, we're going to stay in the state of Georgia, but we're going to go to their professional team and talk about the Atlanta Falcons and Julio Jones. Will the wide receiver have an opportunity to be in Nashville next season? There's been a lot of speculation right now. Recently, the other day, Julio was on the phone with Shannon Sharp, and he said that he was out of Atlanta. He expects to be gone. They are in the process of trying to trade him. Now, will they get an offer that they're like, all right, we can do this for? I don't see a situation where he's back with Atlanta, but can the Titans, will John Robinson be enticing enough to be able to get him away and have him join the two-tone blue Right now, I know people aren't going to like this answer. I would not have my money on the Titans being the leader in the clubhouse. Again, I know Julio has said he would like to be in Tennessee or New England. 
at the end of the day, it's not his decision. He doesn't have a, a trade clause agreement to where he's able to pick his destination. That can be an issue. I personally think with the cap situation, you'd have to restructure some things here. Also, real quickly, you're not going to see a move happen for Julio until June 2nd. That's due to cap purposes with Atlanta's salary situations. So, again, we got a little bit of time, but it is a piece that is kind of taken over for the NFL. I mean, there's the Aaron Rodgers conversation, and now there's the Julio Jones conversation. The pro is going into his 11th year in the NFL, and he's been a force whenever he's been able to stay on the field. That is the only concern I really have when you look at him is, well, he only played in nine games last year. Is his age starting to be an issue for him being able to stay on the field from an injury perspective? I think it's worth the risk whenever you do look at this Titans wide receiver unit. If you're able to put him opposite A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown's all about it. A.J. Brown looked up to Julio Jones when Julio was coming up through the league, and so A.J. would love for the opportunity to play with Julio. I know Derrick Henry is also in agreement on that. you got to remember Julio, Derrick, both Alabama guys. But I'm all for it. If it can happen, I'm just I'm not willing to bite yet. I'm expecting him to probably go to New England or something else happen, but it remains to be seen, and I'm, I'm going to hold out hope until I know that there's a definitive answer for what is going to happen for Julio. But, yeah, if you look at this Titans wide receiver unit, they could definitely use – another elite wide receiver opposite AJ and that would just open up the field for Ryan and Derek to just go to work so from an offensive scheme standpoint I think it would be great I'm just going to temper my expectations hope for the best but at the same time I I got to realize like a lot of other teams are going to have some more interesting trade proposals I think than the Titans are going to be offering so with that information, I'm just like, I'm just kind of holding my horses, and that's where I'm at on the will Julio Jones be a Tennessee Titan come next season. What's going on with all these guys wanting out? You know, first of all, we was talking about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he was on everybody's radar, and now, you know, he's got, got a lot of issues down there in Houston. Listen, as long as you, if you sign your name on the contract, you can make all the noise you want, Davey, but a club, when they have your rights, you belong to them, and they can do what they want with you. So we'll we'll see. But you know what? When these guys start talking about they want out, it's kind of something that I leave alone because, you know, it's just um, we'll make all these speculations, and half of the time it will not, it will not, it will not come true. So who knows? Well, you know, it's just one of those things. I say it's different because right now they can't even their cap situation is so bad they can't even sign their rookies because of some of their contracts. So, I, I mean, like, yeah. at this point, like, Julio, I am 100% willing to put it on the record that, like, there's no way he's back in Atlanta. I know you should never say never, but just based yeah. off everything around his situation, there's, unless he's taking a pay cut, which he's not going to do, I mean, Atlanta's d- dealing him somewhere else. Just the question is where at this point. So, but we will keep you all updated as that story continues to unfold. Like I said, Atlanta's not going to be making a move until after uh, June 1st or June 2nd. Could be the soonest we hear anything. But D, staying in the state of Georgia, the Titans in the third round of this year's draft decided to go in what some people would say is a head-scratching move, taking an inside linebacker whenever it looked as though there were some more serious positions of need. And if you remember, this was a position or a pick that the Titans gained after a trade with the Green Bay Packers, and so Monty Rice coming out of the University of Georgia. I'm curious to get your take on him, D, because 
I've I've got a I've got some mixed feelings, but I I want to let you take your time to give us your thoughts before I I say oh, anything. Oh, you got you got to give me some time today to talk about Monty Rice, huh? <laughs> yeah, man, it's all you, man. Take it away. Oh, let me let me tell you something first of all. This is an explosive, exciting player. And I'm not saying that because, you know, I'm an optimist. I'm saying that because the fam doesn't lie. And Davey, let me say this is he's a three year starter at Georgia. He's only 22 years old and he adds depth uh, to a unit where there's not a lot of depth on this Titans linebacker core. I mean, if you think about our defense in the interior, or inside linebackers. I mean, the only one really with any experience outside of Jayon and Rashawn is David Long Jr. Then you have Jan Johnson, BJ Bello, uh, Justin March, Tuzan Skipper, uh, who came over from Pittsburgh in free agency. So, you know what? When you think about this inside linebacker core, let's, let's just take it. Let's look at it this way, D. So Rashawn Evans, who we both love, one of the best young linebackers in the league, the Titans, and this is something that you alluded to in a lot of our podcasts when you talk about the trend of not signing or picking up that fifth-year option on pretty much their first-round draft picks in recent drafts. And, of course, they declined Rashawn's uh, fifth-year option. So, again, that's like a club saying, we're going to let you go test-free agency regardless of what happened. We saw that with Corey. And then with Jayon, he's going to be working on a one-year deal. So <laughs> he might be out of here next year as well. So you have to get, again, some players in there right now through the draft that you can build with. And what better way with Monty Rice? I love this pick because I'm a huge Georgia fan. But when you watch this Georgia Bulldog team, the pulse of that defense, okay, it's number 32. He is a stud, six foot, 235 pounds. Go watch that Tennessee game, Davey. I know that's a game that you don't want to watch, Georgia and Tennessee. He basically lit up the balls. You saw that little sack fumble that he had for a touchdown. You know, he showed oh, I'm glad he did. System. I know. That told me everything to... I needed. Yeah. To know. That was the, the beginning of the end for that season. So Yeah, and you know what I love about him, Davey, is he the game of football, especially at the inside linebacker position, it's not played vertical. A lot of people... They think it's a game of vertical. It's not, okay? It's a game of lateral, moving side to side. And he's one of the best linebackers in the country playing this game side to side. He was one of five finalists for the Buckets uh, for the buckets Award. That's, you know, that's a, a very covenant, a guy's covenant that, uh, award in college football because that's five of the nation's best linebackers, okay? And let me tell you something, what I love about his ability to play side to side there's one play against Florida I will never forget. And and I said, man, when I saw that play, number 32, and, and to be able to break that play down, let me let me tell you what happened. When you watch number 32 last year, he's lined up at that inside linebacker position against these Gators, okay? And what happens is the tackle pulls on the play, okay? That's the way spread offenses, you know, that's the way they work is they, they try to confuse you. And what really confuses a lot of players is the blocking schemes. That's where guys really get in trouble, okay? But really, every coach will always tell you this, is that the guard or the tackle is going to take you to where the ball eventually is going to go. What Florida what Florida did was they took the back 
And then what they did was did they they ran a misdirection. So when Monty's on the left side, the back, he basically is going to the left. He redirects, okay, and go to the right because he's following the tackle that pulls. Monty being being an instinctive linebacker, this is something that great linebackers, the traits that they have, is they know what they see and they teach linebackers is to go fast. What you see, go to that spot, okay? Don't second-guess yourself. He basically, he doesn't even look at the back. He looks at them two linemen that pulls. He goes to that side. Now, what happens is he's able to get off the block by the center. If you can't shed a block in the National Football League, you won't last in this league. Sheds the block and makes the play as the back redirects. He runs right into Monty Rice. So I said, you know what? That number 32 is not only is instinctive, but he's smart. And you have to have those traits if you're going to survive in the National Football League. And Davey, I love this pick. I think about that one play, not the play against Tennessee where he was, you know, he stripped Garatamo, sacked him, stripped him, and then ran for the touchdown. I didn't want to bring that up because I know you're going to get mad. No, I don't, I don't get mad. I don't, I, I'm glad that happened. <laughs> I thought you said, you better stop hating on Tennessee. You better start, you know, having a little bit of compassion. But I will say this when I watch him play, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking the upside. He's only 22 years old. So and, and also think about this. If your defensive coordinator, Shane Bowen, that's the position that you coach. But what I love about this, Davey, is they bring in Jim Schwartz. Now, this is now what Shane, what, what Coach Bowen can do is just focus on the defense and then let Jim Schwartz come in and really coach him. This is where Schwartz, he's made a living in the National Football League in coaching inside linebackers. That's where he started in Tennessee, coaching the inside linebackers. And I'll tell you something, this is an exciting player to all of our listeners. I know, you know, everybody has flaws. That's just the way it is. But this guy can be a great one. He can be really good for a long time. Yeah, I do agree with really what you started off with, Denard. You're talking about the Titans' current inside linebacking core and really outside of our starters in Evans and Brown, there's not a lot of depth there. And really when you look at the roster for after next season, you don't have anyone guaranteed that you can really rely on. So they definitely need needed to address this position in the draft. When I look at Rice, I do remember him from his time in Georgia. He is a guy that played the money in Kirby Smart's 3-3-5 scheme. I saw most draft analysts predict that he would look better in a or he's more suited for a 4-3 scheme. Obviously, the Titans don't run that, but I, I do kind of feel confident that this coaching staff is able to put him in a position that even though it's not a position he's normally played from a scheme standpoint, he'll get up to speed fairly quickly, and he's going to have to be able to provide depth right away because you listed the names. I mean, that's we understand like kind of what we're looking at when we're picking apart that, that unit right now. I will say that he is a guy that is very aggressive, one of the things that I really liked whenever I was reading up on him was that he usually will, he'll be banged up. But I mean, we expect that from almost all positions in the NFL, but primarily from an inside linebacker position. I mean, you're going up against everyone whenever you're looking at trying to take off these blocks from offensive linemen, and you're, you're typically going to be smaller. But he's the type of guy that even though he's banged up, he's able to play through the injuries. He wants to stay out on the field. Even if he's a little banged up, you can still expect to see him out there making plays. He is aggressive. They talked about his mentality, and you kind of talked about it. he is instinctive. I, I would also say that when I, I look at what he's able to do, he has that speed that they're going to be able to 
really make sure it's like if, if he does get beat, he can at least recover. I would I would say from a, a standpoint of where that could be a detriment to him is sometimes if he overreacts, he could get beat pretty quickly in this league if he's making even if he makes that beeline right there, that could be a situation to where he doesn't properly make the right angle. I saw a few people kind of discussing that whenever they were looking at him. They had a, usually a fourth round grade on him. Titans got him there towards the middle of the third. And I do think he's a more, he's more raw. But whenever you do look at what this Titans coaching staff, particularly on the defensive side, likes to do for a guy that they're not expecting to start right away, I think this is a really good project pick. A project pick. And from what he's able to do also, he will be able to contribute pretty quickly on special teams, which, as we know, whenever you're not starting, an NFL team needs you to be able to be very impactful on that part of the game. Well, he runs a four-five-seven as pro day, and I'm gonna tell you something for a six-foot-two-hundred-thirty-five linebacker that's moving. And you know how when I always talk about, I don't talk about stats. And that was something that I said last year. I'm never gonna get on this podcast because that would be easy just to get on here and to kind of quote, you know, something I've read. What I like to do is I like to break down film like a coach. I put myself um, in a coach's, I look through it kind of through his lens because that's the way I learn. That's, that's how guys, when they come into the national football league, they learn the pro style game. And this is, this is why they coach. This is why guys like coach Bowen or Jim Schwartz, uh, Mike Vrabel, this is their title to coach a young man up, to get him ready to go. And let me say this right now is the lack of depth uh, from this linebacker core, considering the fact that Rashawn got hurt last year. And this is a position where, yeah, there's a lot of physicality. There's a lot of guys that, you know, let's just be honest. Uh, everybody is susceptible to injury in the National Football League. We, we've seen clubs decimated by injuries. And I will say this is that they have to get this young man ready to go right now. And when you draft a player in that first, I've always said that one, two, and three, those first three rounds, you bring it in a player that he, you know, you got to get him ready to go. Okay. You don't have any time to really say he's an experiment. We have two or three years to develop him. Because if you just look at the depth chart, other than David Long Jr., pretty much a lot of these guys haven't touched the field. So, you know what? Yeah, you got to get him ready for special teams, but you got to get him ready to play. And I love Monty Rice for this reason. I go back a game. This is all I do. I like to break down film. I'm looking at the game against Florida and his ability to cover a back out of the backfield. Okay, that's sometimes the toughest thing for a lot of linebackers. They'll tell you, oh, it's easy. But I've had fights with linebackers before because they don't want to cover sometimes a back or a receiver and they want us to help them. I believe me, I've been in so many arguments with uh, former players in the past. I'm not going to name any names, Al Wilson, but I'll say, <laughs> I'll say this is because linebackers are nothing, but like they say, cornerbacks are like glorified receivers. Okay. We, the reason we're playing defensive back is because we can't catch all receivers will say that. It's like a lot of linebackers. I mean, look at Ray Lewis. When Ray Lewis was recruited uh, coming out of Florida, the state of Florida, uh, when Miami recruited him, he actually was a great running back. Okay. You think about Brian Dawkins, who's a great safety, the Hall of Fame safety, uh, who played for the Eagles and the Broncos all those years. He was a great back coming out of Jacksonville. So they all have something in common. 
backs and uh, linebackers is most uh, like Michael Parsons, the Dallas Cowboys first round draft pick. He was actually the number one running back in the state of Pennsylvania. You see, there's like a correlation between oh, back, linebackers and linebackers. It's That's very like, common. Yeah, very common. So what I love about this is he has the ability because he's played the position before in high school. He's really good at covering backs. I go back a game against Florida two years ago in 2019. Florida's running back, and my man Monty is a one-on-one, the back against the linebacker. And this is how you can tell some, if a linebacker has really great coverage skills is the fact that when that, when that running back comes on him, he has a choice route. So depending on the position that Monty shows him, if he's outside, the back goes inside. If he's inside, the back is going to go outside. That's what they call choice routes in the National Football League or college. Monty basically shows him an out, and then he plays him to go in, and he was able to stop that back. I said, you know what? Number 32 is smart. He knows how to play coverage. You know, he's just not going to show you one thing and do the other. And that's going to get a guy beat, or that will also – is what will get a guy in position to make a play. His ability to just be instinctive, not just being robotic. And you're going to hear this something from coaches all the time. They're going to tell you, play the play. What you see, go get it. Don't second guess yourself. And that's something I love about him. He, not one time that I've watched him, he, he doesn't second guess himself. And that's, that is an ability to just go out there and to react and play, Davey. And that's called instinctive. You can't coach that. It's something that a guy have or he doesn't have. And he has that ability not only to be instinctive, but his athleticism. I told you he has a running back background. But if you ever watch the game against Murray State, again, the athleticism, you see that in space. Okay? That's something that scares a lot of guys. It's when you're one-on-one with a receiver, especially a linebacker, in space. But you know what? He just goes and get it. He has one speed. And that's full speed. And as long as you are a player in this league and you go full speed, believe me, you're going to make some mistakes. But when you go full speed, that covers up your mistakes a lot of times. So, again, I'm super excited about Monty Rice. You know, every time I watch him on film, I just get excited about just the upside and what he brings to this defense. He's going to be a player. uh, And I tell our listeners right now, he's going to be a player in this league for a long time because the young man can play. And he's only 22 years old. He's young. Yeah, everybody's raw when they first come into the league. I don't care. Caleb Farley, when he gets here, he's raw too, D. Yeah, D, I wanted to hit on a couple of things you mentioned. First off, here's the thing, and I know you said you don't like giving stats, but Georgia, in my opinion, has had one of the best defenses of the last several years in all of college football. Monty's junior year, he led that team in tackles. Yeah. So he does have an act for finding the ball, and that's one of the consensus things that has been said about him is it's just like, man, he continues to make the plays. Also, kind of going back, you talking about linebackers and sometimes them not necessarily wanting to cover. I will say over the last decade, you have seen kids grow up and schemes have changed quite a bit. As we know now, teams are so much more pass happy. So I do think that a lot of linebackers are better suited at covering now than they used to be as far as just going in there and trying to stop the run right off the bat. When you also look at how often teams are just When we're practicing, they're running seven-on-seven drills and obviously having the linebackers out there. But I don't necessarily have an issue with looking at Rice and his profile and what you see from a coverage standpoint. I think they'll be able to coach him up. He's he's done fairly well from what I've seen from him at that at the college level. 
And I do think playing behind Jayon Brown is a good guy to actually look at whenever you're talking oh, yeah. about coverage. Coverage. I mean, I, I think Jayon's one of the better coverage linebackers in the game. And you yeah, can tell that this game. Heck yeah. And when you look at what happened whenever he went down, that was a big turning point for the Titans defense, as bad as it was to begin with. And the other thing, going back to what you talked about, I'm I'm totally with you, Dion. Like I know we technically have two guys that will be starting in front of him if they are healthy, but you do have to be ready. If you look back to week one last year with the Denver Broncos game, Rashawn Evans yeah. pulled a, a dumbass move and got ejected from that game. <laughs> yeah, and Will Compton punch. had to come in and basically <laughs> call that great. defense. And so yeah. I mean, this is a very important position. If let's say Evans does go out, somebody's got to step in and call the plays. So you've got to know that entire playbook. You've got to make sure you're getting everyone into position. And so Rice, like you said, whenever he does come in, come in here, he's going to have a full plate on his hand. So I'm, I'm excited to see him play. I'm looking forward to them getting him out here. Again, we're talking about everyone's going to have something they need to work on. There is no such thing as we always say as the perfect prospect. But this was a guy that, like I said, with general manager John Robinson, based off other needs at the time, it was a little bit of a head-scratcher for some. Nothing against Monty. It's just when you're looking at certain areas that the Titans were hoping to address sooner. But again, it does make sense when you look at what happens after this following season or this coming season with the contracts for Evans and Jayon Brown. So just something to keep an eye on. D, we're getting up against it. Man, I wanted to see, I wanted to give you the last word. What you got for me? And hopefully, and hopefully we get two guys out of the state of Georgia. One from the professional team. Maybe Arthur will be nice and give us a parting gift after what happened in that final game against the Ravens. Well, let me, let me say this is, you you know what? I don't believe in there's such thing as undersize, and I'm not going against you. My favorite linebacker of all time was Mike Singletary. You know how tall he was? 5'11". 5'11". Sam Mills yeah. was my second favorite. How tall do you think Sam Mills was? 5'10". Uh, 5'7". Ray Lewis, how tall do you think he, how tall do you think Ray Lewis is? I would say six feet, but I'm assuming six I'm going to be wrong even. here. You're okay. calling it. And London Fletcher, the great London Fletcher, played for the Rams, played for the Redskins. I'll throw out 5'11 again. 5'10. Same okay. Thing. <laughs> Give it an inch. You know what? I'll say this is, and we talked about last week, we talked about flaws. And every guy has some flaws in this league. That's why there's these guys we call coaches that – that is what they're paid to do is to address your flaws and to bring those weaknesses up and make those weaknesses your strength. When I came into the league, you know, back in 1997, I could not backpedal, Davey, to save my life. I couldn't. I didn't do it at LSU. And a lot of people address that. So what do you do? You work at it. That's what I did. I continue, I continue to, I continue to just work at backpedaling. I learned from the great Aaron Glenn, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, who was an All-American cornerback at Texas A&M back in 1993, AG used to tell defensive backs to learn how to walk backwards because the world that you live in, it's about you play backwards. Everybody else is playing forward. Everybody else is going forward. You're going backwards on every play. And I learned to do that. And that's what Monty's going to learn, just like Dylan and just like Caleb Farley. They're going to learn from other guys by watching what they do. 
but watching what and then listening to what they have to say. Because what veterans are going to do, they're going to help you along this process in becoming a in becoming a a solid player in this league. And that's how you get better is by observing, processing, and being and being coachable. And this young man right here, Davey, he has all the tools to be a great explosive player in this league for a long time. And you know what? We don't know what's going to happen to Rashawn. Okay. They're not going to pick up that fifth year option. So no matter, he can come out here and have a year where he makes 200 tackles and they are probably going to say, you can go, go ahead and walk. So this might be the linebacker that you might see for the next four or five years here in Nashville. So again, upside for this young man, explosive, the athleticism, I said again, his ability to play laterally uh, between the lines. We saw that against Tennessee, the ability to not only sack the quarterback, but to strip the ball out, pick it up, and then run for a touchdown. You go against the game in 2019 against South Carolina. He's all over the field. You see nothing but like one guy on Georgia. That's number 32. This guy's a beast. I love this pick. He's one of my favorite picks because I went in the third round. And again, you know what? He's a beast. D, he's a beast, man. I love to watch him play. The Titans defense needed to go out and get some playmakers. And the more I look into this class, even though I might not have been super thrilled with it whenever I first look at it on paper, after digging in, I think that was what John Robinson's main goal was. Go out and get guys that can make Play plays. Troy Palomalu. You got to have somebody that can change the game on a dime. And some, from what I've seen from Monty Rice, Caleb Farley, those are the types of players that John Robinson went out and got in the first three yeah. rounds. And then come next week, we're going to be talking about another one. Elijah Molden out of Washington. Oh, yeah. I mean, another Duh. playmaker. So that Duh. that's kind of the, the theme after looking back on this defensive draft class that I've seen so far from what general manager John Robinson has done. And, D, before we go, I also wanted to say big game tonight. Preds versus the Hurricanes, Smashville. Come on, let's get this dub. But, D, with that being said, man, I look forward to talking with you next week. Hopefully, we got some news on Julio. Would love to be introducing a new wide receiver to this unit. But want to welcome Monty Rice to the Titans. And with that said, thank you for listening. This has been Believe in Titans, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.